Be who you are. Dream what you really want to do. Then, do it. Be, dream, do. Living by Design, the radio show, is focused on people sharing their stories of how they were able to understand what they were really passionate about, had the courage to dream big, and then did it. Now, join the conversation. Well, hello there, listeners. Welcome back on BeDreamDoRadio.com. It's wonderful to have all of you here with us. I'm here with uh, my son, uh, Sean. Morning. And we have a very special guest in more than one way. We have uh, startup entrepreneur Ben Whitehorn. Now, Whitehorn, last name Whitehorn. Coincidence? I think not. Ben happens to be my <laughs> nephew. And sometimes the biggest diamonds are just right across the street. So it's really a pleasure to have uh, Ben here on the show. He is indeed a startup entrepreneur. So, Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you guys bringing me on here. It's kind of fun to be out here. Well, it's, it's great to have you, and uh, I certainly have admired the work that you've done uh, over the years, uh, followed uh, the different kinds of uh, opportunities that you've gotten involved in up into the opportunity that you're leading right now, and it's quite frankly fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And so Sean and I thought that your story would certainly touch the hearts of some of our listeners and help inspire them to do great things, right? Because at the end of the day, things that really lead to greatness all start with an entrepreneurial thought. So, so Ben, uh, just in an outline, what's your story? So I uh, spent a lot of years growing up overseas, kind of framed my... Uh, my life, to be honest. And uh, as you well know, you've got, you spent a lot of time overseas also, but it kind of gives you a little bit of perspective on what happens around the world. And it gives you a little bit of exposure to a lot of different environments. And you kind of take that uh, as, as you kind of see the world and you pull that into your life. And, and uh, for myself, one of the things I was exposed to at a young age was the ability for technology to change things in the world. And uh, we spent a lot of years in, in Hong Kong growing up, as you're very familiar with, and uh, were exposed to the very early ages of computers, and that got us kind of involved in, in that environment. So we were able to see what technology could do for, for companies, for people, and uh, all the way down to a personal level. And so I guess you would say that my story is uh, bringing that perspective, that life uh, you know, that early exposure uh, and kind of fast-forwarding that to today where I work hard to make sure that those personal applications of technology are occurring in people's lives um, all the time. That's terrific. That's terrific. So uh, you're on the show because you absolutely love what you do. So just for the benefit of our listeners, tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing right now and this entrepreneurial venture that you're leading. Sure, yeah. So I uh, am the founder and CEO of a small company called Unity, U-N-I-T-I. And what we're doing is we are basically bringing bringing about a modern take on the phone call. We think that uh, phone calls have kind of been left behind as the world has advanced technologically. And so we think that the magic to making the phone call interesting again is to bring information from the world around you into uh, into the phone call itself, so that you get a little bit of a snapshot about the the people or the companies that you're talking to when you get on the phone call with them. 
And so we bring that in a kind of a graphical user interface while you're actually on the call. Like a convenience factor. Big, big convenience factor. We're really focusing on the user experience while they're talking to uh, the, the people and companies they talk to every day. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's absolutely fascinating. And, you know, just like everybody else, I get on the call and I call my, uh, you know, my provider for uh, Internet or TV or whatever. And, and um, you know, it's, you know, you got the music and, you know, you're, sure. in, you're queuing in line. And absolutely. then you have the option to opt out and say, call me back when, right? When, right. when the next person's available. But and we when, were all happy to get that option. Yeah, we got right. that option. But then when they call, uh, I happen to miss the call because of XYZ or whatever. Then I'm back in the queue again. And, uh, and then, by the way, they don't resolve my problem. So that's uh, anything at all that can help improve that experience, I think that's I mean, I'll pay for that. Well, th- that's good news because I'll have something for you to buy here shortly enough. So, yeah, we, we kind of see this, the same types of things that you're talking about, that yeah. there are points of frustration for customers right. when they're dealing with these businesses. Right. And the ability to be able to get something graphical instead of just audible yeah. increases their ability to be able to engage with that brand and to be satisfied with that customer service engagement that they've had yeah. and hopefully get their, their issue real, uh, resolved on the first call. And that's one of the big things that, that businesses track is how quickly can I resolve my customer's issue and keep yeah. them happy with the brand. Yeah, speed, speed makes all the difference in the world for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I recall there was a company that I worked for in the past who took great pride in using actual people to answer the phone as a differentiator. And I'm not going to name the company nor the industry, <laughs> but, but this person actually stood up in front of major Fortune 100 companies and said, let's call, let's call this company, and let's mm-hmm. call this. And they did it, he did it real time. He said, now let's call my company. And the person got on and said, hi, may I help you? Immediately, like I think there was a rule that they had to answer in five seconds kind of a thing. Sure. Right? And, you know, and that person was able to answer a lot of level one kind of issues as opposed to having to translate, I mean, to transfer people over and whatnot. So, uh, I mean, it's just kind of interesting. So your technology, though, also helps address the cost of having a real person answer the phone, I guess. It does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does. And so basically one of the things that we're trying to do is, um, you know, people always ask, well, where's the money going to come from to kind of, uh, justify the cost of your business as you right. move forward and we roll out our platform. Yeah. It's really about minimizing the impact of call centers on the business. We want to help focus a business in that interaction on first-time resolution instead of a multi-call situation, which right. is a, right. a very large percentage of what uh, what those engagements are today. Yeah. yeah. And so by, by minimizing that back end, uh, we're able to save the company money right. uh, while increasing companies' NPS scores, uh, yeah, yeah, which, yeah, which yeah. are their customer service scores. Net, it, net promoter score. Net promoter scores, yeah, you got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and at the same time, then, it gives us the ability to be able to roll our platform out and really increase that user experience right. uh, for the end user. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if you have customer loyalty, then that should pay for itself, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Just fascinating. How in the world, Ben, did you arrive at starting unity that, that's a that's a very interesting question i get that fairly frequently from different uh, potential customers and investors uh 
you know, I work a lot. I have worked a lot, I should say, in both consulting and project management. And when you're in those wor- when you're in those worlds, you spend a lot of time on the phone, dealing with other uh, vendors, other types of people. And when you're in those environments, you need to be able to learn how to uh, manage a conference call. Mm-hmm. And those conference calls, they have a certain set of settings that you can change while you're on a call. Mm-hmm. And usually, what those different uh, groups would do is they'd print off a card for you that has these different settings. And I thought I'm. I've got a six-inch screen in my hand, but I'm still going to look for a little card. Yeah. And I thought, this paradigm can change. Right. We have the technology to be able to change that. And so I went about the business of, of, of doing that. And that's kind of the more recent story. Obviously, the background that I had in, in uh, kind of managing software teams and managing and developing um, kind of technology plans and, and, and project planning helps facilitate the do part of it, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and that that's kind of when you put those two pieces together and I, I realized that I could put those two pieces together after doing some due diligence and uh, and a proof of concept. Uh, it gave me the ability to be able to say, OK, now's the time. Yeah, terrific. Terrific. So what things did you do in the in your past that gave you the competencies to kind of bring it all together? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I started off kind of early on in the in the tech arena, like I alluded to earlier. Um, you know, I got into tech in 1998. We were kind of pre Y2K. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a time when you didn't need to, to be too experienced to really be seen as an expert in the field. I mean, right, right. quite, quite gratefully. Um, and so I was actually recruited, uh, out of, out of college to be able to go work, uh, with a company called, uh, Caverner, uh, as a consultant for them to help them do a few things. And so that was kind of my first foray into hardcore tech. Uh, I'd done some help desk work prior to that and uh, done some work on the phones prior to that as well. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I had some experience uh, in understanding uh, what in the call center world they call pop-ups, which is this environment where when a customer calls into a business, these call yeah. centers all have computers in front of them and they get yeah. a quick little bit of information. Yeah. And that kind of idea is one of the ideas that inspired right. uh, what we're doing on the call. And so uh-huh. we thought, uh-huh. what would it be like... Yeah. If the customers themselves could get pop-ups about the business that they're talking to, and then on the flip side, what if the businesses could get information about their customers while their salespeople or their service people were on the go on their yeah. mobile phones? Fascinating. And so that that kind of kind of came full circle for us as we yeah. were trying to look at the product planning uh, and say, hey, what can we do to really make this kind of environment, this portal, valuable to our customers? And so that's one of the target areas that we looked at. You know, you've, you know, I think you've read this book that, you know, that basically said that you got to invest about 10,000 hours in whatever, right, sure. mm-hmm. in order to kind of get Very there. famous. So, so the, uh, the thing is, is that what you've shared is that you had the, uh, the tech background and, uh, and then combined with actual phone work. And it's like it gave you fluency in the experience. Sure. Yeah. It, uh, it, it you kind of learn the vernacular that, yeah, you, that yeah, you need yeah. to learn, right? Yeah, yeah. What is what are the different things that I need to know to be able to be successful in this space? Right. And right. as you pick up, you know, little bits and pieces, they're like the building blocks or the Legos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. I've got five kids, and so you you learn a lot yeah. about what it takes to to make the Millennium Falcon out of Legos, and so it's the same kind of idea. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's a lot of pieces that you have to put together, yeah. right? And yeah. uh, the blue piece goes here and the gray yeah. piece goes there. And, you know, little by little, you begin to understand that, yeah. y- you know, you've got the Millennium Falcon maybe ready to go in your arsenal. All it's yeah. missing is Han Solo. Yeah. 
And and uh, sometimes you think to yourself, well, that guy ought to be Han Solo. But sometimes you think yeah. maybe Han Solo is me. Yeah, you know, I like the way you use the, you know, um, how to put the Legos together and all of that. For me, it was really more Play-Doh, yeah. and I made a volcano. <laughs> That's about as good as I got. So, <laughs> which is basically clumping the Play-Doh together and sticking your thumb on the top of it, right? This is a very topical conversation. <laughs> you with Volcano Talk, me with Han Solo Talk. I think, I think we're going to be in good I shape. I think we're right? going to be in good shape. Yeah. Gonna, yeah, I think so we're technology gonna... has uh, improved quite a bit in the more recent years. <laughs> is, that, is that what this is going to? <laughs> so. Yeah, I think my kids would probably be talking about how they could do the same type of modeling in, uh, yeah. in Roblox or Minecraft instead of yeah. Le- Legos or uh, or Play-Doh. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's, that's absolutely incredible. So it's also very important about uh, finding a niche as well, huh, with the entrepreneurship and then because you're basically saying that it was just something you needed and just kind of came up in your... In your workspace? It is, you know, and it's a it's kind of a culmination. And I'm not a surfer, but I would kind of imagine it's a little bit like catching a wave, you know, uh-huh, when you're out uh-huh. there surfing, in that it's a combination of skill set, timing, and opportunity. Yeah. Right. And so all of those things kind of come together to really give you a leg up on the competition, right? But all of that has to first start with a little bit of imagination. And so you if you can't imagine it happening it certainly will never happen and so you have to start off with a little bit of crazy in you yeah yeah to think that you have this opportunity yeah and uh and i'll tell you i felt a little crazy at times and i think every entrepreneur that goes down this journey feels yeah. a little bit crazy uh but once you once you kind of get hold of the crazy and you begin to kind of line up all the parts and pieces and you start to build that millennium falcon uh you get a good idea for what's my chance uh-huh. And when you've done your due diligence and you've taken a look at, at you know, who the other players are out there, what's the competition going to look like? Am I going to have a leg up? Are there going to be any other barriers to entry? Uh, you begin to understand, yes, there's not only an idea here, there's not only a product here, but yes, there is, in fact, a business here. Uh-huh. And those are the things that you need to look for to line, to line up to make sure you have an opportunity to be successful. And uh, when I was, I was actually working on an engagement uh, for CenturyLink, uh, working with the folks at uh, Arizona State University. And uh, we had been able to to accomplish some things there, and the time came for me to kind of analyze what we were doing, and they were analyzing what what, uh, they were going to be doing moving forward. And I said, hey, look, you know, I think it's time for me to go try this. I'd already put together this proof of concept. I'd already seen the need just Mm -hmm. based on my earlier observations uh, about this conference call management perspective that I was kind of looking at it from. And I said, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. And uh, and so I was showing it around to a few people and showed it to a, a friend of mine. And he said, hey, this is the exact type of thing I want to be investing in. And, uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, I had my first check in the door from an investment perspective. That's terrific. That's terrific. So you talk about the crazy. Where does that come from, Ben? Well, you should know very well where that comes from. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so... Uh, so crazy is not is not a word that is uh, foreign to the Whitehorn clan. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, but uh, it ha- it comes down to risk taking a little bit too. Right. Um. You you have to be uh, willing to look at a risk and be willing to jump a little bit. Yeah. And uh, you know I can't say that I was the most uh you're the highest risk taker as a kid growing up. Yeah. Uh. But you start to see what it takes to be successful, and so you have to be willing to say. 
uh, you know, I see something there that I want to achieve, and I have to be willing to accept that failure is one of the outcomes. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if you look at the numbers, the sheer numbers you have to deal with, you're looking at a 90% plus chance of failure. Mm-hmm. And so any entrepreneur that goes out there, and that's not to, meant to be daunting to any listeners out there that might yeah. be looking at doing something. That's right. not meant to be because, uh, you know, to, to a large extent, you can determine that outcome. Right. Uh, but the, the sheer numbers are 90% chance of failure, roughly. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at that, you have to analyze, look, am I willing to accept that, you know, I have a 90% chance that I'm going to fall flat on my face? Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll note there, uh, you know, in my bio that I talk a little bit about, you know, a couple of other startup um, kind of projects that I've worked on. Right, my first right. one was working on wireless broadband here in the Phoenix area. Yeah, I recall that. Yeah. And uh, that was kind of my first foray into it and, and yeah. did some interesting things, learned a lot and failed. Uh-huh. And the key is if you're going to fail, fail quickly. And that's going to sound cliche to anyone mm-hmm. that's in the startup world. But, mm-hmm. but there's... Uh, there's a lot of truth in that because it helps you learn from that mistake quickly and then move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was also involved in a, another startup project call, uh, in the electronic receipts uh, area, which was uh, still is a very interesting uh, area. But, you know, we did some things there and we're working with some people and you have to make sure that you've got the right team in place right, right. and uh, every, that everyone's on the same page. It's not that the, you know, the other people involved aren't good people right. or that there, uh, you know, isn't some kind, kind of chemistry that's working there, but you have to make sure that the skill sets are complimentary. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, because or... exactly it comes, it's going to come down to in not just communication, but, you know, you can't have um, three artists all making the same painting. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it might take one artist. It might take one one person who's going to be kind of managing the art show. It's going to take another person who's maybe, uh, you know, uh, acquiring the paints. Uh, and you, you have to have all of these complementary uh, skill sets to really form a good team. And roles. It roles, right. Everybody has to understand what, what, what their roles are. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes that takes a little bit of give and take to really, yeah. you know, because you're trying to maximize what people are doing and, uh, and really trying to put the company first in those situations. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that about, you know, the three artists kind of a scenario. A lot of times uh, people will try to hire people like themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And they end up kind of doing all the same thing and repeating each other's, yeah, that's a great idea kind of a thing. Sure. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, that... uh that doesn't usually work in a small company in yeah. particular, I'll say. Yeah. And I mean, in your, in your background and experience, you, you'll right. know this more than probably anybody because of the scale at which you have worked. Yeah. And you yeah. can see yeah. that, you know, duplicate skill sets only work when there's duplicate work to be done. Mm-hmm. And uh, what you're really looking for is a cultural fit mm-hmm. with different skill sets, mm-hmm. right? So you have to have some level of like-mindedness, mm-hmm. but you really need skill sets that are varied. Yeah. The like-mindedness would be in what area? So in, ter- in terms of what type of company you're trying to build, yeah. in terms of vision, uh, in terms of y- y- uh, you know, what the company culture is going to be, uh-huh. those are the types of things where I have seen it be the most important to have like-mindedness. But on the work product side, uh-huh. it's, it's more important to be different, uh-huh. right? And you know, in, the, in the tech sphere, we always talk about a hustler, a coder, and a designer. Uh-huh. Those are the three kind of core competencies every organization needs to have. Uh-huh. to be able to really be successful. And so you've got to be able to fill those roles um, to, to really make it happen. And it's really someone who's going to have some visual acuity uh, and uh, someone who's going to really be able to get out there and sell it and then someone uh-huh. who's really going to develop the product. So hustler, coder, designer. 
Which one of those are you? <laughs> I get that question a lot. So <laughs> some, sometimes when you go into these investor meetings or these different situations, they say they, they ask the same question. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. sometimes they'll phrase it a little different, yeah. differently. They'll say, are you technical? <laughs> and, uh, and that's kind of a mixed bag for me because I come yeah, yeah. from a bit of a technical background yeah. uh, on one level. Yeah, yeah. But in this scenario for Unity, I'm the hustler. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so uh, you kind of have to recognize, again, your strengths and weaknesses. In this yeah. case, there's not a chance in the world that my vision for Unity could get off the ground if I was a guy trying to learn how to code yeah, and, yeah. and build this company at the same time. Uh-huh. It's just not happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was always more of a left wing myself. Is Sorry, that's a soccer joke. <laughs> <laughs> you got offense, midfield, defense. Hustler sounds like offense. I'm not a tech guy. So I, don't know. I think you got the right idea there, though. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's uh, what you've said about recognizing your weaknesses. Sure. Uh, but being very comfortable with that and and... But recognizing where you do bring value. Sure, yeah. You know, it's, uh, and I'll, I'll say it like recognizing, I say it like it's a one-time thing. It's yeah. not, right? Yeah. This is a process, yeah. and sometimes a very uncomfortable process, uh-huh. uh, where you're constantly trying to uh, revalidate your strengths and, under, and better understand your weaknesses. Uh-huh. And as a team grows in particular, it's most important because, um after time, as a team gets bigger and bigger, the little gaps that you're looking for may get smaller and smaller uh-huh. as you're plugging different skill sets into those niches. Right, right. And, right. Um, you know, and so you have to learn how to become or, or at least identify what those specializations are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, am I a finance guy? Mm-hmm. Am I a sales guy? Right. Right. What type of guy? Am I, am, am I a company culture guy? Yeah. Or what kind of combination of those aspects am I? Or am I just a vision guy? Yeah. Right. Right. And so you start to take a look and say, well, what's my best quality? What's my second best quality? And you're familiar with all this. What you kind of do an internal SWOT analysis. Right. And you're taking a look and saying, hey, you know, where can I best be utilized as my company grows? Mm -hmm. And and where can those other skill sets best be utilized? Mm -hmm. One one of the uh, isms I like the best is uh, coach the team you have, not the team you want. Mm hmm. So that that's another piece that I kind of incorporate into this uh, uh, this team building that we're kind of going through, you know, at my own organization, and that is understand the strengths and weaknesses not only of yourself but also of your team members, mm-hmm. and then develop the plan for them, not mm-hmm. for this some kind of yeah, yeah. unicorn team that you yeah, wish you had, yeah, yeah. but coach the team you yeah, have yeah. or uh, Whitehorn team, the Whitehorn team, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I got a question. So, sure. um, so you're talking. You said about how, like, in, in entrepreneurship, you got to take risks. You got to be kind of crazy. I was wondering, uh, and how, like, technology is always, uh, you know, you kind of have to find a niche in it. Would you say that that's that's uh, something that you really enjoy about technology? This sort of cutting edge about, you know, the it's kind of like the newspapers, but you know, in the tech world, like coming out with something that no one has thought of yet. Sure, and, and you know, there's. To say that nobody has thought of these things is is probably a little bit myopic. Mm-hmm. When anybody setting out in, in tech yeah. thinks about things, yeah. it's yeah. it's myopic to think that anybody would say, ah, I never, nobody has ever thought of this. Right, right. Uh, most realistically, everybody has thought about most of the ideas that, that exist out there. The question is whether or not they have 
one felt confident enough to, to bring it about and, and, and two, whether or not they have the skill sets or the, the, the knowledge of people to be able to make that happen. So, so I'll say that, but on the flip side, exactly what you're saying, it feels fantastic sometimes to see something that you visualize come to life, right? right? And be real. And most importantly, be valued, uh-huh. right? Most tech entrepreneurs are out there to make something interesting and different and valuable, uh-huh. right? That's uh-huh. kind of what drives us. Okay. Sure, there's, there's, a, there, there, there's a potential a kind of financial opportunity that right. may sit out there also. But what sure. really drives you to wake up in the morning knowing that 90% fail right. is the opportunity to produce something interesting and valuable. And so that's kind of what gets you up and out there. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you are at the forefront. Now, to be perfectly honest, there are some very large organizations with a lot of extremely smart people at them yeah. that churn great ideas out all sure. the time. Sure, sure. And when you're analyzing your business case as you're coming out, you have to understand also that those organizations are the sharks. And you have to be prepared and understand your place sometimes as a minnow. Because in that, you can actually find your success later on. Because Mm -hmm. uh, if you try to go out and immediately target something large, all those organizations have to do is turn their focus your direction and you're done. With the money. With the money, right? Because they have Mm -hmm. the resources, they have talent and everything they can just turn around. Yeah. And so you kind of have to realize, look, build your space, you know, be a minnow in minnow space mm-hmm. and then start to grow. Right. Don't try to be a shark right away because you're, yeah. you're, you're going to be doomed for failure. So what you're saying is you need to play as a minnow. Right. And uh, when there's an ocean of sharks. Correct. That's yeah. Kind of what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of kind of like understand your space and don't get frustrated by the fact that you're not competing with Google right out of the gate yeah. or competing with Apple or competing uh-huh. with, uh-huh. you know, these big guys. Those guys in due time will pay attention to you. We've had some recent uh, inbound calls from one of the larger organizations, yeah. uh, just kind of a, in a getting to know you kind of uh, yeah. uh, perspective. Tell me what you're working on. Tell, tell me what you're working on. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I'm more than happy to share what it is we're working on because I'm, yeah. uh, I'm comfortable in my minnow space right now. And I sure. know that, w- that the space isn't big enough to really have them focus their attention yet. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if I answered your question. No, well that's enough, good. But uh, I was gonna, I was gonna see uh, how that uh, excitement that drives, um, you know, the tech world. I was wondering how that would tie into your role as a hustler. But it seemed like you kind of, uh, you know, answered some of that. So, but how else would you say that it? Uh, how are you inspired as a hustler in the role of the, the tech world? I guess. So. The thought of getting the product out there is very um, gratifying. Okay. And um, kind of like what I was saying, when in, yeah. the, in the face of a high percentage chance of failure as an entrepreneur, yeah. you have to find something else that's going to motivate you while you're trying to get it all figured out, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and this is a learning process for me as much sure. as it is for anybody. Yeah. And, and what I'm sharing, you know, a lot of the stuff I'm talking about today are, are things that I've uh, learned in the last, you know, maybe – Two between two and ten years as I've sure. gone through the different startups that 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 uh, I've worked on, but uh, in the face of all that, you really have to focus in on what's going to drive you, right? Uh-huh. And for me, it's something valuable, right? The uh-huh. fact that when we get on get on the uh, the show and you start to talk about how that would be interesting to you or something right. you might pay for, right? Uh, uh, that's interesting to me. And the fact that you sure. see, see that there's something valuable there. There's a need. There's, there's, a, there's a need. There's a huge need. And and my uh Excuse me, uh, 
my bullshit threshold on phone calls is very low right now. <laughs> 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 Having spent, I had I had to spend a whole day with I won't name the company, but a whole day because I just went, uh, I upped my uh, my internet. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know the name of the company, but they're doing something with Giga. I don't know what, but anyway, <laughs> but <laughs> it took a whole day to get that. You know, I had this a, may be edited before release. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just said, "What kind of a problem do you have?" So I said, "Well, I have a Giga problem." <laughs> but so anyway, so my my, my well, threshold is low. Right. So we're hoping to solve. We're not going to solve those pain points, yeah, but we're hoping yeah. to lessen those, those pain points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When when uh, I was working with Wells Fargo Bank, uh, we would do we would work on some systems that they yeah. politely said, "Hey, don't break it because these systems earn us about seven million dollars an hour mm-hmm. when they're up." Yeah. And so we would spend a lot of time on a weekend to, yeah. to fix something, and so we would, I won't say routinely, but fairly frequently, spend roughly twenty hours on a phone call. And so you when go. you when you get into those environments and you've got yeah. You know, a dog barking in the background or you've yeah, got, yeah. you know, you've yeah. got some kind of bad feedback from a bad cell phone connection. Yeah. You know, that, that gives you an impetus to develop something interesting to help solve that issue for people. And, uh, and so we're, we're on that track. So, you know, you've said that it's really important to be able to bring something that could have an impact that would, that would make a difference. That's what gets you up in the morning. Uh, but at the same time, you you don't have it yet, mm-hmm. so you're, you're you're operating off the hope, right? So, how do you find the chutzpah, right, to take the risk? You know that sure. that's, that's what's you know, and you talked about crazy, and I'm I'm just curious about that. Where where does that come from? And where I'm going with this a little bit is is there something? Somewhere at a point in time that kind of, you know, that drove you to that kind of behavior. Well, you part there, there's two different levels there. I'll, I'll kind of answer that with. And yeah. so you talk about chutzpah, right? So where do you find the drive? I'll, yeah. I'll look at it from that perspective. Yeah, and yeah. Drive is something that uh, that I've kind of had for a long time. You don't know where it comes from sometimes, but there's a drive inside of me to really bring something, you know, make something happen. Mm-hmm. And every personality is different, right? Yeah. But that's one of the things I'd say if you, one of the strengths that I'll put on there is I'm fairly driven, mm-hmm. right? This, this is something that I want to be able to do, mm-hmm. something I want to be able to accomplish. And some kind of combination of personality plus environment while I was growing up and uh-huh. the types of people I was surrounded by probably brought that about in me. Yeah. But I tend to be very driven and I, I want to be able to affect these types of things in, in, in the world. Right. And that, that sounds like I want to have world peace, uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, 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 you kind of try to analyze it and figure that out in yourself. Yeah, and and yeah. I don't mean to be too cliche about it, sure, but you, sure. you, you start to see some of these things in yourself right, and you, you right. try to help uh, develop that a little bit. Yeah. But uh, on the flip side, um, what brought me about, uh, you know, what, what gives me that little element of crazy is, um, you know, you have to start to build confidence as a kid. And um, if you're able to build enough confidence and see failure and see success as a kid, at least in my mind, this is, this is for me personally talking. Sure, I'm not trying right. to advocate some, yeah. some other system for somebody else. But yeah. for me, I saw, I saw failure and I saw success as a kid. Mm-hmm. And that helped me understand both sides of that coin a little bit. Mm-hmm. And to understand that, yeah, failure can be embarrassing. Failure can be 
you know, somewhat intimidating and, and can, sure. can really hurt you. Yeah. The value of the success that can come out of the risk mm-hmm. can be great. I did some musical theater growing up in school, okay. uh, which, uh, you know, and, and, and played basketball. That's right. And so yeah. you, you get to see a little bit about, uh, you know, facing the nerves. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. St- standing down your competition. Uh-huh. And man, I'm coming out with every cliche here. So I apologize for that. But it just if you look back, all of those things. Really... We, we, we make a business on. Cliche, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's our niche. So stay out of it. <laughs> but um, but you, you get exposed to these types of things and, yeah. and it kind of prepares you yeah. to be able to face those challenges as you get older and to have enough confidence to yeah. make to, to take the jump. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, every every diver in the Olympics, you know, started diving, taking those risks as a young kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, anybody who's really trying to be successful, and yeah. there's all different kinds of ways to be successful. Yeah. Um, they they all started trying to do some of that or learning about that as yeah. a kid, most likely. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that. And one of the things that I've always questioned in my own mind is how in the world did those ski jumpers start? <laughs> because they that? do incredible yeah. jumps and how in the world do they ever start that and that ski jumping is not a whole lot different than uh the kind of jump and uh, you use the word jump sure right absolutely you had to jump is what you said and in effect uh that's what you that's what you did i mean you yeah, that's what you're doing right yeah and, and I, in a way you're jumping every day right Absolutely, but I, you'll never find me ski jumping. <laughs> I may be crazy enough to, uh, to to launch a new business, but you will never find me ski jumping. <laughs> that goes back to the skills and recognizing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Strengths, weaknesses. You know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> where do you find the courage to keep going when – you, you've got the multiple activities. So you talked about uh, funding. Sure. You know, and getting investors. You've talked about getting the right team together. Um, and you're, you're still in the minnow area, right? Mm-hmm. You're still sure. in the minnow pond, mm-hmm. I guess. Swimming upstream, if you will. Sure. Right? So where do you find the energy to, to be resilient, to be able to get up in the morning, make time to come to the radio show, Right. You've got a wonderful, beautiful family, right, uh, that, that uh, you managed to find time for. I happen to know that as mm-hmm. your uncle, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I've complimented you on that on several occasions. So, I mean, how do you do that? And I'm, i, I got to ask this question because I know the listeners are out there and saying, you know, this is wonderful and I'd love to have this life that Ben's leading. But I don't know the first step to take. And if I were in that step, how would I keep myself going? Sure. Yeah. You know, it, the very first thing that any entrepreneur should know is that it's not all roses and rainbows out here. Yeah. It, uh, it takes a lot of hard work and it takes a lot of sacrifice. And that sacrifice would not be possible without a family behind you. Mm-hmm. I have the best wife in the world and the best yeah. kids in the world. Yeah. Uh, no offense to any other wives or kids out there. Yeah. But uh, present company excluded. Present company excluded. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it, it takes a lot, and you know it yeah. takes sacrifice. It takes uh, sacrifice of time. It kind of takes sacrifices mi- of mind space. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, on the other, on the flip side, to help fight against that those sacrifices mm-hmm. and, and the time commitments, you have to do some real strict planning. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we plan vacations. We plan time. Mm-hmm. And we actually get that stuff on the schedule because it doesn't always necessarily happen on mm-hmm. its own. And mm-hmm. um, I do have quite a bit of time with my family because I'm able to work out of my own home, which sure. it, which helps a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm able to take some time to see my kids, you yeah. know, every day. Right. Um, but, you know, once they're in bed, I'm back on the computer till, yeah. you know, the, the very early you know, parts of the morning working with my team internationally. Right. And uh, and so you have to be willing to sacrifice one of the, in, whenever, whenever any entrepreneur starts out on something. You need to take a look at the whole landscape and say, for me to do it better, what am I willing to give up that they're not? Mm-hmm. And so you have to say have that edge. you have to have some kind of edge. And, you know, for a lot of people, the answer is sleep. That's one area, and that's yeah. not a, it's not a healthy area, but that is one of the areas. To be perfectly frank, that mm-hmm. that uh, that goes away a little bit. Um, you know, a couple of the other areas that you have to look at is, you know, you know, maybe I'm not taking the good vacation or the the really big vacation. Um, you know, I'm not going around the world on a cruise. Uh, so yeah, maybe yeah. we're going to California, hitting the beach or something like that. It's part of the sacrifice that you give up in the meantime yeah. uh, if you're coming from 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 an executive background, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so the lifestyle changes a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you have to be prepared for those things. So on the, on the flip side, when you're going out uh, and you're, uh, and you're kind of looking at everything that's out there, right. you have to be ready to make those sacrifices. So mm-hmm. the, the way that you deal with that, the way you have the courage with that is with a good family behind you right. and you gotta, you gotta have a lot of faith. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, my personal faith helps me get through that a lot. Sure. The faith of family and friends uh-huh. helps that a lot. Good feedback goes for miles. Right, right. Uh, bad feedback also goes for miles. <laughs> 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 but, uh, and so you, you, you... So just feedback goes so, for so miles. So feedback goes for miles. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit of a roller coaster, right? Yeah. So you, you have these big ups and big downs and twists and turns. Yeah. And, um, y- you know, it's, it's kind of like... Uh, What's the old Janet Jackson song? What have you done for me lately? Yeah. yeah right. And so startups are very much like that in the yeah. fact that uh, you're always looking for the, for the next high, if you mm-hmm. will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But would you say that, because um, there's a lot of different jobs that, I mean, if you weren't in that position, you might end up doing the same thing of, of not being able to do as many things as you want. Would you say that the part that makes it uh, so uh, difficult is because you have control of that decision? So you're basically driving it that's right i mean that's definitely part of it because it all Mm -hmm. sits on your shoulders Mm -hmm. and so you know in a a certain sense entrepreneurs uh replace risk with time Mm -hmm. and that's not always the right recipe but that tends to be the most frequent recipe for myself included and so Mm -hmm. um where in some situations at a large corporation you might throw money at something entrepreneurs tend to throw time and uh, because it's what they have, it's what they can control, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I can control. And so when I think, well, how am I going to manage this issue or this problem that I'm facing? I say, well, mm-hmm. I'll just go spend 10 more hours of my time on it. Yeah. Or I'll throw, you know, 10 more, 10 more hours of this other resource's time at it. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, because you're carrying all the weight, you feel all that responsibility right. to, to make that happen. Right, right. You're going to do what needs to be done. That's right. Yeah. And what's the, the flip side to that? Well, the flip side to that is you do get a little bit more control over your own time. And so like I was saying earlier, I'm able to spend some time with my kids when I want to and when I need to, right? Mm-hmm. 
if I have a gap in my day, if I don't have a meeting, if I'm not, you know, dealing with my developers or, you know, talking to a potential customer or a potential investor, I can leave my office, right. go two rooms down and be with my wife and my, my kids. Mm-hmm. I can go shoot hoops in the basketball court for, you mm-hmm. know, 15 minutes. Yeah. I can go, you know, down to the park for a half an hour, something right. along those lines. Right. And, uh, and so because I've got that freedom, it, it helps a little bit. I, I have the opportunity, I go to lunch with my dad, yeah. you know, once a week. Yeah. That, you know, that's yeah. not that's something terrific. you can always figure out yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you're, you're kind of working for somebody else and there's less flexibility. Uh-huh. Uh, I will say one of the good things about uh, the, the tech industry today, and actually not just tech industry, but a lot of other companies is yeah. they're starting to catch that vision a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, there's been a couple of reports that have, that have kind of changed the vision of working working from home. I know there was a big IBM report that came right. out that kind of changed what that vision is, but uh, we still see a lot of companies that are very successful at doing it. Uh, yeah, one yeah. of my neighbors um, works for a company called Zapier, uh, and uh, they're 100% remote in everything they do. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're a fairly good-sized company, uh, mm-hmm. 250, I think, people, if I'm not mistaken, and right. they're spread all over the world. Uh-huh. And so I won't say that we're, we're mimicking their model, but our model is is very similar right now. Right, so all the right. people that I work with all work remotely. They're all, uh, all primarily international, and I've got a couple of other people that I work with, right. uh, uh, have worked with, I should say, here in the States as well. Yeah. But um, So everybody gets a little bit of freedom on their time, but when crunch time hits, everybody's got to put, uh, yeah. put their shoulder to the ground. Sure, sure. So what's really interesting is that you make time to have lunch with Dad. And you make time to connect with your wife and kids. How does that help you with your energy around what you do? It all comes down to purpose. Yeah. Right? Um, in life, you have to analyze what the biggest and most important things are to you. Mm-hmm. And if family's not at the, the top of your list, right. I, would, I would question what is. Right. And for me, it definitely is. And yeah. uh, and so if I'm not keeping those home fires burning, both yeah. for my my own personal family and, and you know to my parents to yeah. to my um, you know kind of extended family, sure. then uh, then I'm doing something wrong. Yeah, and I it's it's yeah. of such importance to me yeah. that um, that when things get too drawn out mm-hmm. and too tricky mm-hmm. at, at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if I've gone for a week or two without yeah. really doing much with the family, yeah. you know, it's my wife will politely tap me on the shoulder <laughs> and say, let's go do something. Yeah. Or, let's go out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, that is hugely valuable because yeah. I would never want to put too much sacrifice on them. You know, I jump into this for me, right? but they share the sacrifice. Sure they, they share do. the burden. Yeah. And if that ever gets too big, yeah, uh, you know, I need a tap on the shoulder, and I try to keep an eye on it, but I'm not perfect at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, it's almost like what I hear you saying is around purpose. It's all about purpose. That uh, in the absence of connecting with the family, which is, I guess, one of your top values. Is sure, what it sounds like in the absence of that, then as as powerfully motivating this whole quest for success in business is that it would all be for naught if it weren't connected to your own personal values. Absolutely. So you mentioned family. What other uh, uh, values, personal values, that do you have? So I, uh, I have a fairly strong faith. Yeah. And uh, that really kind of frames my outlook a little bit, right? I have a, a, a set of beliefs. I'm LDS. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that gives me a little bit uh, of perspective 
in my own world, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so and that helps drive me. And uh, there is value to me, huge value yeah. in understanding faith. And there's lots of different faiths out there, and, and people find value from them and drive from those as well right. in understanding um, that God exists, uh-huh. right? You may have different visions of, of how that plays out or how that sure. has played out culturally, um, but for me, that's extremely important to know that when there is doubt, yeah, he is there. Yeah, absolutely. What else? What other values? That family. Sure, family, faith. faith um, you know, I guess you could say the drive again. Yeah. Um, the other values that we'll look at is, you know, what's the mission? Uh-huh. Right. Is this a customer centric thing or is this a uh-huh. Ben centric thing? So when you say mission, does that kind of get to the purpose discussion? A it does. Bit? Uh-huh. It does. And, and it's not only the mission of the company, but it's the uh-huh. mission of the outcomes of the company, uh-huh. if you will. Uh-huh. Right. You know, am I doing this just because this is a, a, a prideful thing? Is this something just yeah. because I want to do it and I want to show the world? Right. This is me. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, makes me want to sing the song here. But uh, <laughs> but that, you know, you have to understand that uh, if, if you go into business just trying to prove you, yeah. Um, the product is you, and that's that's not always the best thing. Yeah. Uh, and so you want to have a goal for what you want to do with whatever outcome happens, with the knowledge that comes about, with the product that comes uh-huh. about, maybe with the financial aspect of things that come about. All that goes in to help help define what your mission is going to be uh-huh. as a company and as a person. So what it sounds like you're saying here, Ben, is that that mission or that purpose is really bigger than you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm minuscule. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I kind of, if you look at it as a Venn diagram, you have, you know, the yeah. entrepreneurs, the, you know, absolute smallest circle and the idea as uh-huh. the next circle. Uh-huh. And then you have maybe mission above that. And then you have impact. Uh-huh. Right. And the impact is not just the product. It's the mission. It's the people. Uh-huh. Right. It's the ability to be able to change lives in some way. Uh-huh. And that impact is hugely valuable. So you said entrepreneur, mission. Yeah. So if you look at it as entrepreneur and then idea. Idea. Yeah. yeah. So entrepreneur, then idea. Mission. Mission, and then, and then impact. impact. Yeah. We won't say impact in Swedish. <laughs> All right. We just won't do that. <laughs> That's right. We had that conversation we won't, in the we car. We won't say how to say impact in Swedish. Well, we'll leave that one alone. We'll leave that alone. Yeah. <laughs> But for those listeners that are out there would like to know more about that, you can uh, IM me, all right, afterwards, all right. <laughs> um, so what failures have you had? Lots, lots yeah. of failures. Yeah. Um, some personal, some professional. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, I'll tell you, I'll give you some specifics. So mm-hmm. I gave you a couple of uh, thoughts about um, the startups, right? Yeah. And um, starting with this first one in wireless broadband, I was naive enough to make the jump, mm-hmm. but not smart enough to understand the skill set required. Mm-hmm. And so I had the crazy already, yeah. but I didn't have the skills. Uh-huh. The timing was even very good. This was at the very early onset of wireless broadband before any right. of us had data on our phones. The idea was kind of basically to be able to facilitate real estate developers who had these trailers that would sit on the large swath of land that they uh-huh. would have to pay to move every right. so often. Right, right. And so the concept was that we would put a wireless antenna on top of that, uh, that trailer, right. and it would minimize the cost of them having to move around. And so the right, concept right. was good, and in fact it's been 
it was duplicated and now mm-hmm. it's it's kind of obsolete a little bit but mm-hmm. uh, and so I worked with a company here locally in in Mesa that uh, had developed this technology to be able to to do this and I was coming in as a hustle guy to be able to get out there and yeah. sell it yeah and part of my my failure has to do with how quickly I tried to bite off a big fish. Okay. Uh-huh. And so you learn a little bit about the life cycle of a deal, right? It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort to land a big deal. Uh-huh. And so because I spent too much time working on big deals and not enough time on the right size deals. Right, right. I failed. Right. And, uh, it, you know, and that, you know... Failure at a certain level leads to a lot of learning, but it also can lead to some sacrifices, right? If you, sure. Uh, and so in this case, um, you know, I, I worked with some very good companies who were very nice and were willing to listen to what we had to say. But it wasn't until very late in the game that I realized, hey, this guy who's running a call center who's got 30 guys sitting in this room, he's really my target customer. Right. But by the time I realized that, yeah. I was done. I couldn't support it anymore. Yeah. I had to be able to go out and, and find some kind of other financial mm-hmm. uh, a way of supporting my, myself and my, my young family at that point. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, that's one, one instance. And I'll, I'll give you the other instance. I, I think I described it a little bit, but on the electronic receipt side, um, it, you know, just looking at professional failures here, when I, uh, when I first got into that, I uh, came up with the whole idea, put together a business plan, and then started mm-hmm. looking at uh, patents and patentability of it. Right. And um, as I was looking at patentability of it, I noticed that there was uh, a person actually in Gilbert who had uh, submitted a patent very similar to, the, to this electronic receipts idea that I uh-huh, had. Uh-huh. And so I thought, wow, this is just too random. Right. I have to contact this guy. And That's so, right. And so I yeah. did. And so there had already been some machinations happening between him and another partner up in um, uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. And so I kind of came on as the third guy. And then as you start to look at the parts and pieces as we were fitting right, together, right. it was really three hustlers. Oh, I see. And so... Kind of getting to that three artists that's uh, right, that's picture right. that you painted earlier. That's right. Yeah, uh-huh. And so when you have three hustlers, that means you've uh-huh. got kind of three people trying to make decisions to, yeah. to manage the company. Yeah. And that becomes a very difficult situation to, to, yeah. to handle. Yeah. And so uh, we failed there too. Right. And again, you pick up those lessons. You put yeah. those pieces in the Lego box for the yeah. next time. Yeah, or the Play-Doh. Uh, the Play-Doh. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and so, but those are, those are the things. Those are you know a couple of professional failures, and there, there's plenty of others. You know, yeah. coworkers that I've worked with, I'm sure would be more than happy to illustrate <laughs> many ways in which I failed. Uh, and uh, hopefully, there were one or two successes in there also. But you know what, Ben? Here you have picked up the pieces, and you continued to uh, to persevere. And, um, you know, I'll just say take heart. We had someone on the show here a few episodes ago who uh, tried seven times to become a Superior Court judge, and that's what he ended up doing. Mm -hmm. So seven times I would have quit probably after. I don't know if I would have done it in the first place, (laughs) but two or three times. And, um, you know, you've just shared some examples of where your, your spirit of really making an impact and really wanting to make a difference continues to to uh, to drive you and um and the ideas right and the mission uh of of what you're striving to impact so uh, that's really fascinating we have just a few minutes left curious about uh your comments around um 
daydream do and how does that really apply to the work that you're doing? I I absolutely love that saying or that, you know, slogan, if you will. It, um, you know, we were chatting a little bit uh, just just before we got on air uh, talking about it. But the concept of be, dream, do is is amazing because first I'm I'm actually going to start in the middle, Uh the dream part. Yeah. And I think I said it before, but nothing is ever going to happen unless it's dreamed up first. Right. So dream. Yeah. You know, the, the B part is like, I, and, and you might have a different vision, but when yeah. I read your slogan, I'm thinking like, well, yeah. B is like kind of the regular life. And then the dream is what you add on top. Yeah. And the do is what you do about the dream. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Are you willing to take the steps to yeah. really get out there? Uh-huh. Take the risk. Take the jump. Love uh-huh. what you do, right? Accept yeah, yeah. that failure is one of the outcomes. Yeah. But know that learning is going to come from that too. And, and the learning can be very hard, right? right? It can be hard on yourself. It can be hard on your family. Right. But learn, right? Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, and what advice would you have for our listeners, for those who are working in jobs that they're not very passionate about, right? Sure. Uh, and they're listening to you and they're saying, I've got this idea, right? Um, and maybe I could kind of do what Ben's doing. So what advice, uh, what advice would you, I like to think of things in threes. So what three things would you say? So if, if you're looking at what can, can they do, first, understand your area. Okay. Okay. Um, I, uh, I, dreams are fantastic. Uh-huh. Explore them. Uh-huh. But know that a lot of people have dreams. Right. The number two is write it down. And uh-huh. that seems so basic, but right. a dream that's written down is much more real. And uh-huh. I think we've, you know, everyone who's gone through school has probably heard that before, right? Yeah. You know, uh, a goal isn't a goal until it's written down. It's the mm-hmm. exact same thing mm-hmm. with these ideas. Keep a list. I keep a list today in, in OneNote. Mm-hmm. Still, you know, I have an idea mm-hmm. maybe three times a week that I'll pop mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. So keep that idea. And number three, do something about it, mm-hmm. right? If you're a hustler, go talk mm-hmm. to my guys down at Coplex mm-hmm. here in Phoenix. They'll take hustlers mm-hmm. and turn them into founders. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Ferris and Rick Stoddard down there do a fantastic job with yep. their group. Yeah. And um, so if you're a hustler, do that. If you're a coder, get on... Um, uh, you know, get on several of the different websites that are out yeah. there to to find uh, a hustler because yeah. uh, coders are enabled to hustle a lot better these days. But the, it still takes a, per, a particular type of personality with subject matter expertise yeah. to really do a good job yeah. uh, of taking that leap. And so, if you really want to get something off the ground, do something about it. Take follow those steps. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of resources out there. Um, I'd say if you're really if you're not into tech and you're trying to get into tech, read right. a whole bunch of the mags out there, TechCrunch, read Engadget, read um, you know, Gizmodo. Get familiar with the vernacular of the industries that you're working in. And, uh, because sometimes it's not going to be someone that comes from the, uh, uh, from the tech world that makes a difference in the tech world. You know? yeah. um, if you go down to Coplex or if you go to any of the organizations here in town, you'll find that they're filled with people who come from Subject matter areas, right? Right. It's right. a massage therapist that started maybe Massage Envy. I don't know yeah. if that's true, but yeah. But it it kind of comes from that side, or or it takes someone who knows pets to start yeah. a good pet tech company. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so don't be afraid if you don't know tech. Yeah. There's resources, and on the flip side, if you're a tech guy, 
don't be afraid because there's hustlers out there waiting for you too. Ben, thank you very much. Wonderful insights. Really appreciate it. Listeners, know your dream, know your area, write your dream down, right? And then do something about it. Remember, and also a fourth thing, uh, family, faith, drive, and mission, your purpose. What is your purpose? Think about those things as you go forward. Ladies and gentlemen, do what you love and love what you do. Stay tuned next week. Thank you very much, Ben. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining David and his guest. Make sure to catch Be, Dream, Do, Living by Design every week right here on StarWorldWideNetworks.com. 